Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fallout Off the Record. I'm your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight, as always and forever, is Shalene. Hello, hello. Well, tonight we have a fun episode. Anyway, tonight we have a great... I did it again. It's such a default for me. I cannot get past it. It's okay, Rick. It's okay. I know, but it's like one of those like life things I try to get past. We're just going to over... We're going (laughs) to overlook that this bothers me, okay? We're going to overlook that, and you're just going to keep doing the show. It's one of those things that now it bothers me. Now... It's it's like this like goal in life I've got to achieve now. Just like finding all the bobbleheads without looking them up. This is a life goal. So in tonight's episode, we're going to go ahead and get uh, <laughs> onto our sponsors. So tonight we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com. If you are looking for headphones or earbuds that sound great and fit your personality and fit your style, head to TweakedAudio.com and pick out your earbuds. And when you get to checkout, enter our code off the record, which is all one word. And you'll get 30% off and free shipping worldwide. So head to tweakedaudio.com and enter our code off the record for 30% off and free shipping. We're also sponsored by audible.com, uh, your number one source for all things audiobooks. And if you head to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork and sign up for their free 30-day trial, you'll get a free audiobook of your choosing. And tonight, Shaleen recommends... Of Noble Family by Mary Robinette Kowal. An alternate universe Victorian magician couple helped spark a slave revolt in Antigua while dealing with Jane Austen-style family drama. Good grief. Well, that sounds like a heck of a thick book there. Um, but yeah, if you want to listen to that instead of read it, head to audibletrial.com slash Network and sign up for the free trial so you can get your free audiobook. You can also become a patron of our show by going to patreon.com slash Network and signing up for one of our rewards there. You can also make a one-time donation via our PayPal link at questgamingnetwork.com. And last but not least, in fact... The most important, share us on your social media. Tell your friends about us. Um, you know, send us emails. Let's start a conversation. Tweet at us. We love that interaction, and uh, we want to hear from you if we haven't yet. So yeah, um, we have some news tonight because a lot of stuff happened this week. We have gameplay, a challenge. We have a recap of last week's challenge and a new challenge this week. Uh, we have lore, also weapon of the week, and some emails. So without further ado, we're going to unleash Shaleen on the news. If you like news, you're going to love our next segment. What happened in the wonderful world of Fallout this week, Shaleen? Mods on Xbox released. Woo! Yeah, that's a thing. Is that a good thing? It's a good thing. Okay, this is sort of an extended news story combining more than one news story, but it's all about mods on Xbox here. Bethesda hosted an Xbox One Mod Showcase live stream last Friday, um, just before we did the podcast, so that's why it was not included in last week's podcast. So there's a size limit of two gigabytes for the mods that you can download on the Xbox. That's a total, total data cap on the amount Hmm. of mods you can download. Um, Of course, you can uninstall mods at any time, you know, to make space, but... Yeah. I, I, you have more experience with modding than I do, Rick. Is that a, a problem? Is that a very low amount of space? Um, or is that I, a reasonable amount of space? I actually never really looked just because on a hard drive, space was never really an issue for me. 
Um, I would imagine it could be problematic when you start getting into some of the wetter, wetter, uh, some of the weather mods and the visual mods. Um, yeah, I would think this would pretty much make the visual mods not an option. Uh, but I'm not sure that the hardware of, of the Xbox would really support them anyway. I'm not sure. I, I, this is new territory for me. I'm, again, I don't have a console that even supports Fallout 4. So I really don't have much room to talk. Um, mm-hmm. I could take a look at some of the mods that I've downloaded and see what their sizes are and kind of report back next week. But I wonder what this is going to do if you've got like a bunch of gun mods and some armor mods and all of a sudden someone comes along with a really nice, you know, the like the Seattle DLC mod that's somebody's working on like how big that might be mm-hmm. so interesting yeah <laughs> oh well, well. great the chat room is going on the wetter Venetron <laughs> oh, no. says so moist Ugh. <laughs> you guys are silly uh, i missed you all well the modding on xbox it works pretty similarly to mods on pc you sign into your bethesda.net account access mods from the main menu browse and install Whatever you like. Convenient. Achievements are disabled while you're using mods, just like they are on PC. And uh, if mods require DLC, you will need to own the DLC. Um, That seems obvious, but maybe it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And when you use mods, the game creates a separate save file. So if anything happens, you know, and and you kill your game by modding, you can revert back to that original save file. So that's sort of a fail safe that's built in. It's a very good thing. So that's a, a little information about how it works. And uh, on the on the mods and, and achievements thing, you know, I was just thinking about that. That's not actually a new concept, actually. Um, if anyone remembers the GoldenEye years, you if you were running a cheat, you couldn't get um, you couldn't unlock the other advanced. Yeah, if you were running a cheat, you couldn't unlock other cheats on the level or run, like, other advanced stuff. So, like, they, you know, mm-hmm. you know, shut you down there. So this isn't anything new. I know that we talked about it a little bit, and some people were upset about the achievements being disabled. Yeah. But. And cheats have disabled uh, disabled achievements in Rockstar games previously on the Xbox platform. Right. So it's not mm-hmm. a new concept. Mm-hmm. So, mods are out on Xbox, as we have been discussing, and the launch was not a smooth one. The servers <laughs> were down, and players were unable to log in to install mods for the first night. Uh, do you wonder why, Rick? Uh, I believe if I read this correctly, they had, what, 50 times? Was it 50? Exactly. The traffic was 50 times what they dealt with for the PC mod launch. Oh so that's a little more than they were expecting to have. And here's a quote from Bethesda. It's a new world and just the beginning. New features and PS4 support in the works. And Bethesda Studios also tweeted, We tried for 15 years and mods are already on console. Our mods are finally on console. Check them out. Thanks for your patience and support. So. Yeah, and this, this made me think a little bit that, you know, that since they were working... For this for 15 years and they've never really had the best reputation on console um i have a, i have a large amount of respect for the transparency in bethesda especially since dealing with ubisoft in the division mm-hmm. and uh i was really you know I, I wasn't i wasn't really vocal about this i was really upset at the amount of hate and and you know complaints that were like directed towards them 
Like, it took them 15 years to get mods finally on console, and people are like, two gigs is not enough! And I'm like, they just, yeah. they just ported this technology. Like, give them, You're right. give this them a moment. You're right, this is pioneering stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I can't think of anything, uh, any other AAA-type game that has cross-platform mods. Mm-hmm. Um other than like a quote, you know, like a Game Shark sort of thing. So this is a big achievement in in the world of gaming, if you ask me. Agreed. So, so just as a little side note, I thought I would recommend my favorite two mods that I have been running on my PC character: Atomic Radio, which I've talked about before, and Visible Companion Affinity, which is just what it says in uh, when you do something that raises or lowers your companion's affinity. It pops up uh, instead of just Preston liked that or Kate liked that. It says Kate liked that, and it shows you a percentage of uh, of where your where your ah, affinity is. That's nice. It's very cool, and you can even talk to them and see the affinity in uh, at, at will at any time. Oh, so that's it's, cool. It's very nice. And um, I, I really would like to say also that I think that having mods on console can really extend the life of this game. Just, you know, give it legs that it wouldn't have had otherwise. Keep it fresh, you know. It it definitely it definitely does do that. Now I saw that IGN posted today like the top ten visual mods. Uh and w- like a few of them added a lot of uh foliage around. Green trees and you know, green grass and that sort of thing, and they different storm mods, and that alone changes the entire feel of the game. And uh, Yeah. I, th- I think mods coming to console is a really cool thing. Uh, you know, being patient on the cap <laughs> of data that you can s- you download. Um, but yeah, I-, I-, I definitely agree that this definitely does extend the life. For sure. So our next news item is uh, about the Far Harbor PS4 performance issues. Uh, we mentioned this last week that this was a thing that... Uh, many PS4 users were having terrible frame rates and some other issues with Far Harbor. So this is sort of an update on that. On Bethesda 28th, Beth- on May the 28th, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not doing a good job at reading today. On May the 28th, <laughs> Bethesda submitted a patch to Sony to resolve some of these issues that so many players have been facing. A description of the problem from Eurogamer. Fallout 4 usually targets 30 FPS on console, but a more aggressive use of volumetric fog effect across Far Harbor's island triggers PS4 to cap this refresh at 20 frames per second, with dips to 15 at its extremes. So that's sort of what the uh, the nuts and bolts of the problem are. This update that Bethesda submitted went live yesterday, and it requires you to re-download Far Harbor. Instructions are available on the Bethesda forums, which you should have bookmarked because you, there's lots of useful information there. But just to go over it really quickly, to, uh, you close Fallout 4, make sure it isn't running in the background, select related items under the Fallout 4 icon on the dashboard, select my add-ons, select the file download arrow, and then wait for it to download. And if that doesn't work... Bethesda recommends deleting everything and reinstalling the whole game from scratch. And I hope that none of you have to do that. I really hope none of you have to do that. That does bite. (laughs) Yeah. So there is also a new Fallout 4 update available in beta on Steam. And it's a small one. In addition to some stability and performance optimizations... 
they added the ability to filter by daily most popular mods, and they added different music for browsing mods. So this was basically uh, focused on mod performance. Um, I actually haven't even tried a single mod in this game. I think I might. Really? Uh, yeah, I think I might. I'll explain a little bit more in the gameplay segment why I might try it now. Yeah, yeah. I find that a little surprising that you haven't installed anything. I mean, I was just clicking on everything. Try it all out. Yeah, I I usually play the game for a good long while and then uh, and then try mods out. I actually don't even know how long I've played this game in total. Now that yeah. I think about it, I have no clue. I'll bet it's a lot. You're you play a lot. I'm gonna check. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. So yesterday marks a year since Bethesda tweeted out that "Please stand by" image with the link to the countdown timer. Oh wow. And today, I believe, is the anniversary of when we got that first image of the garage. Ah, I didn't yeah. even think about that. Isn't that crazy? A year. That's insane. Yeah. It's funny. It feels like it was yesterday, but it also feels kind of like it's it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So we went over to your Steam library there. What was the... <laughs> uh, just a paltry 317 hours. Ah, psh, that's amateur um not not including the uh i don't know how many hours i spent on the press release yeah i had uh only i think about 20 in there and then i've got like 30 in steam now and then i have a bunch in xbox do you want do you want to find out what i have in xbox (laughs) i know you played the xbox version more than uh yeah version but yeah uh i am a filthy casual mr dumak um full-time job School and a family. Sue me, kid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to load. Uh, I have a healthy addiction to Guild Wars 2 as well, so I'm torn between two beautiful different worlds. It's kind of mm. a thing. And then I was playing The Division for a little while, and that was that was nice until it started crashing all the time, but I've spent most of my time, most of my time in uh, Fallout 4. But I'm going to go ahead and, like, did you find it? No, it's not. Co- oh, there it is. There it is. All right. Um, 350 hours on Xbox. Dang it. You beat me. <laughs> 350. I don't know. You had, a, you had a bunch of hours on the press on the press copy, though. I like 24 so. or something like that. Not, yeah. not too much. But uh, I've been playing a lot since the DLC. For sure. So moving on with our news, now that we've had uh, hours played off the record. <laughs> There's a power armor bust available in the Bethesda store for sale. It is a set of T60. It looks weathered, but still very pretty. It's a very detailed figure made out of poly rosin. 6.5 inches tall, 5 inches wide. The, it's been hand finished with matte metallic paint. Uh, it's the top half of, of the power armor. It ends just below the hips. $65. Pre-order ship July 15th. $65 is a lot less than most of the other figures that they've had for sale on the Bethesda store. So that's kind of nice. I don't know if I'd ever buy a bust. I don't think I would either. I really like it, but I don't think I would purchase it. I'd rather have that uh, actually articulate yeah. um, figurine. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I mean, It's really cool looking, though. It is really cool looking. Oh, it looks great, but... Eh. I think T60 is my favorite my favorite power armor in Fallout 4. I think I was looking at the power armors the other day in my uh, showroom, if you will, 
And I really like the T-51. Yeah. It's that classic look. It's got, like, the the angry eyebrow thing going on in the visor. And I just really like that power armor. Mm-hmm. So, it's good. It's very good. It is very good. But I have one more thing to add to the news, that this month uh, in the Bethesda pin releases is the Medic perk pin. So you can you can get that. Uh, I think, what would, what would we say it was, $15? Yeah, that's what it was last okay. the last one. So yeah, this month is the medic pin. So if you're collecting those or if that's your favorite yeah. perk, there you go. That's the monthly t-shirt too, medicine. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did not know that they had monthly t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, they have monthly Vault Boy t-shirts. Did not know that. You probably just haven't bought enough crap from the Bethesda store. That is very true. After you buy a certain level of garbage from the Bethesda store, then they just start sending you emails all the time because they know you're going to click on them <laughs> and buy more garbage from the Bethesda store. That's true. It's not. That's. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Buy and, and even uh, even some of the, the stuff you have, like your your um, mystery minis, you bought those through me. So. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I have, like, frequent flyer miles from the Bethesda store. Man, they should, like, send a free keychain or something along the way. Uh-huh. Like a super mutant toe on a keychain. <laughs> would be awesome. I a would buy that. toe, huh? I, I, would, I would not like a super mutant toe. Or, like, a ghoul shrunken head. A ghoul shrunken head? A that would be better, head. but still not something I would enjoy. <laughs> so, well, you know what I enjoy, Shaleen? What do you enjoy? Gameplay. Specifically, ah. Fallout 4. A smoother segue one could not make. Uh, this past week, I have... I don't remember if I talked about this last week or not, but I beat Far Harbor again for the second time. And it was a very interesting ending. And I'm not going to talk about it because Shalene hasn't finished the story yet and I don't I don't want to spoil anything for her and what she's doing in her playthrough. Uh, but it was a very interesting direction that the game took and I it yeah. And some factions are not well, I shouldn't say plural, but a faction is not around anymore. Um, but it was overall a good complete resolute ending. And Far Harbor is awesome. I explored the island a lot. Found the cool sets of power armor, found the cool sets of uh, marine armor and, and all this other stuff. Some cool hats that I know Shaleen would really enjoy. Um, and then after that, I, I went back to the Commonwealth to uh, putz around a bit. And I realized that Nick Valentine wasn't liking any, liking me any more than he already did. And I realized then that he... That I already have his perk, so I was like, "Oh, I need to, I need to get the, uh, I need to get the other perks and stuff from these companions." So I started palling around with Kate, and I've been using the marine tactical helmet, like the one that looks like, um, I, you know, uh, the one that looks like, uh, I, I think his name was Snake Eyes from the 1980s GI Joe. Um, he's got like it's like a black, you know, face mask, and then like a, a the marine wetsuit, and I've been running around like that, like a sneaky marine thing. And I decided to go to all of the radio towers that I have activated or discovered on my map and explore all of the radio signals that are found through there. And it was such a depressing play experience because you're just constantly finding these distress signals of these people in trouble. And every single one that I had found, they were already dead by the time I got there. And it was... 
it was heartbreaking. And there was one where the, the there was a um, a husband and a wife skeleton laying on this mattress, and he had his arm draped over. Her. And because of goofy, crazy Fallout, you know, physics, his hand was moving in like a circular motion, like it was like rubbing her shoulder. And then it kind of slowly stopped. So it was like this weird, like, so sad. oh, it was totally sad. And they suffocated together, like, because of the story. And it was it was very, very sad. And um, it, it was just disheartening. And I and I tweeted at Bethesda because and I don't think anyone's even going to notice. But I tweeted and just saying, like, I just I just want to rescue one person. And that brought up a conversation me and Shaleen had that I really want a more tangible feeling of like I'm affecting people's lives in the Commonwealth. And that is what the settlements are for. You are rescuing and protecting those people, but it would be really cool to go on like a rescue mission or something, you know, where you get a distress signal and you have to go find that little hideout and rescue the person. And it's not always guaranteed whether or not they survive. And it would just be kind of a fun little dynamic, a dynamic change I always liked the radio beacons in Fallout 3 and especially in Fallout 4, the little distress signals. You got to kind of follow them to the, to the bunker or wherever they are. It's always like a little treasure hunt that leads to death and destruction and <laughs> darkness. But uh, on occasion, a coffee cup or two. And that's what I was doing, just kind of running around there. I was discovering more stuff, cleared out Vault 95. Um, I Let's see, what else did I do? I built up a settlement in the south, like a checkpoint kind of thing, and I made a really cool, you know, place with spotlights and only two people are down there, so it's kind of like my little southern outpost, and then I went to a marina, which is a little slightly north of that, and started setting up artillery batteries there. It's kind of like my big southern base. And that's what I've been working on, just kind of building settlements and stuff, because at this point in the game it's it's hard pressed for me to find a new location because I've explored so much of the map. And I'm running out of quests other than main quests to do, which is, and maybe it's just not, maybe it's just me not talking to people or whatever. Um, with these games, I often tend to run in, to get into a routine, otherwise known as a rut. And uh, I kind of do the same things over and over again, which is why tonight after the show, I'm actually starting a new character. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And it's going to be a, I'm just going to keep him in the vault suit, the leather armor, you know, like a pistol and a rifle, very classic Fallout, you know, look run around with dog meat the whole time just one settlement make him like a scavenger goody two shoes kind of thing um and see how that goes and see what that's like to play as just you know playing in a different perspective so yeah that's my gameplay for the week just kind of powder putzing around the uh, commonwealth and uh yeah uh what'd you do this week um well let's see here before i start on my my main far harbor stories I just wanted to, I didn't, I'm not sure if I had mentioned this on the podcast before, but I have a survival mode pro tip. When you are in Good Neighbor, Kent's bed is free. You can sleep in Kent's bed in uh, the memory den. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Just thought I would mention that um, for you guys. PSA. So. Yeah. But I've been playing Far Harbor kind of obsessively. Um, like, I, this feels like. When I had first uh, really got hooked on Fallout 3, every spare second that I have had this week, I have spent playing Far Harbor, and I have had very few spare seconds. Uh, I've The past two weeks, I've been doing like 80-hour work weeks, and I take care of my grandma, 
And I would have like four and a half, five hours to sleep. And I would spend 20 minutes playing Far Harbor before I went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) A true host. A true host. Yeah, that's... uh, Dedication. I've been hooked on uh, on Far Harbor, like d- life destroying playing of the game. It's it's not good, but I've been doing a, a lot of side quests, and uh, I'm kind of avoiding the main quest at first. I'm just sort of doing side quests and roaming around, and uh, really enjoying enjoying the world. And I, I didn't take great notes, so this may be kind of all over the place, but. I uh, I found this chest on a side quest that was Victoria's chest, and uh, I, I go back oh, right, with right. the whatever MacGuffin I had, you know, to, that I was supposed to get for uh, Faraday, I believe it was MacGuffin. And I'm like MacGuffin, like the conceit, like a, a contrived reason for oh, doing a thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, Faraday, you know, here's here's these things. And he's like, well, I thought there was three of them. Well, there was this locked chest. You know, I couldn't get into it. Um, said it was Victoria's. Do you know anything? About and he just, like, went all chased. Like, I don't know anything about it. Just two of them is enough. <laughs> it's Victoria's secret. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Sorry. that's fantastic! <laughs> but I'm finding a lot of secrets, not only Victoria's secret, a lot of secrets, and that's one of them. There was I also found a secret panel on a wall in a hotel mm. that had no explanation, and I'm like, where do I find the code to get in there? So I tried typing one in, and I, I couldn't couldn't figure it out. So mm. I looked all around the building trying to find. Like, is there a terminal with the clue or a note with the clue? And I think it must be somewhere else. So I just, I just need to keep, I need to keep playing, I guess, mm-hmm. and find that. So we've got some, uh, some light side quest spoilers coming up here. I'm not going to spoil like the whole story. That's just okay. some, some very gentle side quest spoilers here. I played through Vault 118, and I really enjoyed that. That was a really great location. I loved Pearl. What an adorable name for a little round white robot. Oh, um, right. Yes. Oh, oh, I didn't even get that. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was so cute. And I love the way that she talked, her attitude. She was just, uh, you know, so proper. And she talked about the ghouls that were there and their clothing is not uh fit for polite society and and they got handsy with her and she was forced to defend herself (laughs) so cute her whole demeanor i really loved pearl i I did like her i loved clearing the hotel area above the vault and i i thought it was so funny that there was just cash everywhere on shelves under the bed in the kitchen, in duffel bags, just like it was total trash. I really liked that. I thought it was very funny, and it, it gives you this uh, very clear, you know, this is uh, this is where the rich people were. Signal. Right. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to spoil the quest itself, but I I will say that I figured it out like right away, <laughs> and uh, I felt super smart well, that I, I figured that out. I do want to point out too that. Remember, do you remember when, uh, 
I was talking about this when I first got the beta, and I said there was a clear homage to... I wondered if this was it. This was it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was a clear homage to Autumn Leaves. So uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Very cool. I loved this quest. I like the Antonio Banderas robot. Oh! <laughs> the Antonio Banderas voice. Was that, was that him? Or did it just um, sound like him? No, it wasn't. It was. It just sounded like okay. him. Okay. Oh man, I was gonna say what New Vegas we had, uh, um, Danny Trejo, and then in this one we have Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, that robot though, and I'll I'm, I'll never see those paintings the same way again. I, I will always <laughs> I will always think of him when I see the paintings. <laughs> And I liked Gilda and her hat. And I wanted to shout out the Vera Keys callback. If you go deep enough into conversation with Gilda, you she mentions Vera Keys from uh, Fallout New Vegas from Dead Money. Yeah, I don't. I talked with all of her options. I must have missed that. And this is something. Uh, someone, I think it may have been. I'm not sure who it was. Somebody tweeted at us. Hey, is the Vim Quartz the only callback to New Vegas that we've had? you know, in Fallout 4. Well, here's another one that's pretty clear, pretty clear New Vegas callback, this Vera Keys reference. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very interesting. There have been a couple of sort of New Vegas references that I've seen. And I I really, I'm interested in this. I want to see if they're going to take this further in future DLC. And, um, okay, here's another one. You know, the Children of Adam... Yes. Did you talk to Richter much? Uh, no, actually. I didn't spend a lot of time with them. If you go real deep into his dialogue, you will find out that he was once a member of Tom Tom Tom, the Enclave. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do want to ask you, what um, Vim, Vim Quartz, how is that a New Vegas called back? Uh, New Coca-Cola Quartz. Oh, okay. That was in New Vegas. Okay. That was not in Fallout 3. But it was also in Fallout 4, though. I guess I'm just confused. That's all. Okay. I wouldn't have assumed that was yeah, New Vegas. Yeah, Nuka-Cola Quartz first appeared in Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Gotcha. Is there, there's not Nuka-Cola Quartz in Fallout 4. Uh, I'm thinking Quantum. There's not. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking Quantum. Uh, th- uh, so about Gilda, I, I might have accidentally slept with her. <laughs> yeah, I went through that and it was not an accident. I didn't realize that was actually going to happen. Like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, stop, silly kind of thing. <laughs> no, totally, totally not. No, no, there's no stop. Gilda has has no stop. Nope. She's, uh, yeah, she knows she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she does. Apparently so. <laughs> Anyway, I've been working for all of the factions of Far Harbor, much like I did in my main playthrough. I I haven't informed any of the mainland about what's going on here on mm. Far Harbor, even though there are, are two groups that I could inform. Uh, I haven't done that. And I'm enjoying that sort of playing all of the factions. I do have to leave my companions at home when I go to the Children of Adam, though, because they... Uh, they don't like the children of Adam. So I feel like that's something that's kind of a missed opportunity, much in the way that it was with Caesar's Legion in New Vegas. 
I feel like uh, there should be a companion that that's interested in them that favors them. You know? Yeah. I, um, we've talked about this before, and I'm sorry to keep cutting in in between your gameplay. I'm just an active listener. Uh, no, I I encourage this. Carry on. I wish that. Um, Man, there's a lot of wishes in in these games that you could focus your character on pretty much any faction that you wanted to. Like we've talked about if you wanted to be a raider, why can't you be a raider kind of thing? Uh, Mm -hmm. And just like with his children of Adam, like why, why can't this faction be kind of like a choosable thing, like straight off the bat kind of thing, like Mm -hmm. be a missionary for the children of Adam. I know that's a ton of development work and I get, I, I totally understand why. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I can't wait for those kind of things to come to fruition. Yeah, for that to be possible. Yeah. I did the captain's dance. That was real fun. Oh. That was real fun. Yep. Yeah, I did that with Longfellow, and uh, Ah. I did it with my pole hook. I took the blood letter and modded it up and took that with me. It was greatly fun, and the reward nice. was a fabulous hat and a party. A f- did you get a fabulous hat? I did. I got a fabulous hat. For the quest reward, you get back to town, they give you a hat, and they throw you a party. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's what I want got, out of my video games. That's, that's just got Shaleen written all over that quest. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It was really fun. But you have the the party in front of that alive, steamed. Yes, and he was looking down at me, judging me and uh, the whole time. But I I just tilted my fabulous hat, you know, so I couldn't see him. It was great. (laughs) I, I do. There's been so many good collectibles, and I wish I had a better way to display them. And I'm starting to think that since uh, dog meat can't get in and uh, knock over all my stuff, maybe I will make home plate my personal museum. Just sort of display all the things. The children of Adam, they're mostly not terrible people. Mm -mm. They're not. They care for one another. And the side quests that I do for them, they, they seem just as important and productive, by and large, as the ones that I'm doing for the Far Harbor people. And I, I don't want to destroy anybody. You know, I, I really don't. This feels very similar to the main quest for me. And uh, something that I've heard in reviews of Far Harbor and other people's um, discussions about it is that it's so different from the main story. But I don't feel that way at all. I, I think I'm getting a very similar feeling from the story. Uh, I did manage to bug a quest by being too diplomatic. I had convinced a person to leave. <laughs> And then, you know, they turned up later on, like, hammering a wall and <laughs> won't speak or, uh, it's very odd. Very odd. It's, so, uh, it's like a, like a reverse witness protection. Kind of. Yeah. Kind <laughs> of. And I'm like, what are you doing here? They're going to kill you. Get out of here. I told them you were dead. <laughs> go, go, go. We need Arnold Schwarzenegger to protect her. You have been yeah. erased. <laughs> Sorry. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> I do spend a lot of my time lying in this in this DLC. <laughs> because I'm telling people, no, you know, I, I killed her. She's dead. And uh, <laughs> yeah. there she is doing home improvement work. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah. Nice. 
I ran the Vim factory yesterday. That was my favorite location so far. Mm, I mm-hmm. really loved reading all the background info on all the terminals. Oh gosh, it's so good. I can't wait to do a, a Vim lore section. Um, I, I should have done that for this episode, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of remind me of like RC Cola. The oh Vim. yeah? Well, yeah, like Nuka Cola is trying to buy them out and stuff oh. and uh, they refuse to sell. They're, uh, they're their own thing. And <laughs> I love RC Cola. Yeah. It's like such a good underdog cola. The business of Vim and the people of Vim are both really interesting stories. I'm greatly enjoying. And um, if you if you haven't been there and if you have been there and you didn't pay a ton of attention to the terminals, go back and read all the terminals. These are some of the most worthwhile terminals of Fallout 4, in my opinion. Hmm. And, uh, okay... Look at the notes. Uh, can I can I talk about that, or is that too much spoiler? Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about it. Okay. Is there an intelligent mutant at the Vim factory? What's going on with that? An intelligent super mutant? You. I apparently I apparently missed something important at the Vim factory. You did. I did. Okay, did. so I'm gonna have to go back after the show. You're gonna have to go back. There's a terminal that it really strongly indicates that one super mutant is intelligent enough to use a terminal and use it to lock another mutant up. And uh, I, I never found any resolution to that, so I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah, and, uh, I know what you're talking about now. The is far okay. So as far as the intelligent mutant is concerned, um, I didn't find one. I, I I do know what you're talking about now. I had to I had to think about it, but um, you find what he locked up. Okay. Yeah. Well, I haven't found that either. So I'm going to have to go back and, and check it out. Yeah, you will. I did find uh, a special room in the bottom where I had to take Valentine. And uh, there was an AI there that recognized him. Yes, that's right. That was cool. That was very cool. I, I had Nick with me and I accidentally did the speech check and cleared it. So I didn't <laughs> get to do the, the Nick thing anyway. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, you didn't miss much. It was just a bit of dialogue. Right. And, and something fancy. The loot of Far Harbor is just so good. Mm-hmm. So good. I have a, a baseball bat that was a movie prop and a pirate hat and a dapper gentleman hat and a sledgehammer with a radiation sludge on it. And oh, my God, I got this hat from the Children of Adam, Rick. It's I, called it, the Inquisitor's Hood. As soon as I saw that come up in my in my uh, in my gameplay, I was like, "If Shaleen gets this, she's gonna go ballistic." <laughs> it's just the like best hat. Oh, it's the best hat. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool. I put it on and I sat in the chair in like the throne chair and took a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was so excited. It's got like a smokestack on the side of the hat. Oh gosh, I loved it. <laughs> I found a, a suit of the Vim power armor. That was fun. Took that back to add it to my power armor collection. Very cool. So I'm, I'm really enjoying all of the great gear. Um, I keep I have a safe that I built in Longfellow's house where I've just got all this stuff that I need to take back to the mainland when I go. I've really been enjoying Far Harbor. And uh, that was kind of all over the place. I'm sorry. It was kind of... Uh, <laughs> I didn't take great notes because I was playing in like 10 minute increments at 3 a.m. So, <laughs> No, the the power armor in the Vim factory specifically, that's what I kept referring to as making my jaw drop. 
Because oh, I, really? Yeah, because I was not expecting anything like that. As far as I'm concerned, that sort of colorful, branded, internally branded object doesn't really exist in the game. I mean, you have your Nuka-Cola trucks and that sort of thing, but you don't find like a Nuka-Cola of like Fat Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are no other, and even like the specific paint jobs for the power armor that you can already get aren't woohoo. I mean, the, the most like crazy one, maybe the hot rod pink flame one, and even that's worn looking. But you mm-hmm. turn the corner and like for me, I came up, I didn't, I came up the 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 walkway into the building and there's the power armor like facing me and it's bright you know colors and i was like oh man like it just i was not expecting anything like it and that's what made my jaw drop it's just totally it's a gorgeous suit of armor it is awesome the other one isn't as cool i like the the red and white one better because i'm a coke fan there's another one yeah, there's a second set of Vim oh, armor. Oh, sweet! Not, I gotta go back. It's not I in the Vim factory. I haven't found very many good clothes uh, in Far Harbor yet. I found some great hats, some great weapons. Um, <laughs> but that suit of power armor is the only armor I've, I've found. As far as I know, there's a power armor frame and there's two sets of T-51 Vim armor. Yeah, and, I found one frame, an empty frame. Yes, and the other Vim armor is not in the factory. It's somewhere else on the island. Okay. So so it's not at the factory. But I don't I haven't found any other armor besides that. I did find uh I got an ugly uh like a children of Adam robe mm-hmm. made out of like old gunny sacks and uh like a tin pot. <laughs> a tin it's pot. Hideous. It's hideous. A uh, a, a a tin colander right on the chest. <laughs> exactly. Uh but yeah, I'm a big fan of Coke, so I like the really I like the red and white one. It's my favorite one. Although I don't ever use it. <laughs> I should probably yeah. put it on my XO one. I'm starting to think I need to use power armor as my Forrest Gump playthrough. <laughs> yeah, you can really mod the the fist to do some really good damage. And I also need to be less ambitious with that guy too. I think. Are you just running I, into I, things? Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm trying to get into Old North Church, and I'm at this sleeping bag that's near Fainwell Hall. Uh, I'm sure I mispronounced that. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm having some real trouble progressing from there, making any kind of progress. And I think it's just I, I'm too low level. <laughs> Man, I know how much trouble I had. I know how much trouble I had on survival just mm-hmm. using weapons. I couldn't imagine what it would be like using fists. I made it to North Church and I was like, OK, I need to sleep before I go in there because it's it's full of ghouls, you know, and uh I don't know if I'm going to, you know, it was really hard getting here from the sleeping bag and I would like to sleep. And I was just going everywhere in all the buildings. I could not find anywhere to sleep. Uh, I was on the rooftops. I went, I found this apartment, but there was like a little bit of trash on the mattress. So apparently that means I can't sleep there. (laughs) Blood, (laughs) fine, but trash, ew. I find this little cottage and I'm like, yes, you know, I'll be able to sleep in this little cottage. There's got to be, there's got to be a, a bed in there. And I go in there and you know what I find? A raider and his cat. Yeah, he's just sitting on the couch, not doing anything, sitting on the couch in the living room. And there's his cat like laying on the ground, just being a cat. Huh. And, uh. I'm in sneak mode and I'm sneaking up and I'm like, I've got to find this guy's bed, you know, and, and sleep. I guess I'm going to have to kill him and then sleep. Yeah. And uh, I find a bunch of empty milk bottles everywhere Aww. in there where he's been taking care of this cat. 
And it's, oh gosh, I felt so bad to kill him, you know, because he's just like trying to live with his cat. He's not even out being a raider. He's just, but he did attack me, so I did have to kill him. Aww. And the cat, like, didn't even notice. The cat just walks over to me and, like, throws itself on the carpet. Like, Of course, because it's a cat. <laughs> it doesn't care. <laughs> and I did all that, and I'm, I'm feeling horrible guilt about killing this raider. Just terrible guilt. Because he loves this cat, and that's, you know, that's his life. He just wants to live here and, and get milk for his cat and and be happy. And there was no bed in there. No bed in that house. You know, it's kind of funny because if I would have seen that raider, I probably would have like popped him in the head and then like found the milk bottles later and been like, oh, oops. (laughs) Because you know me. I just shoot first and ask questions later. Yeah. And in the chat room, they're saying that there's in the terminal, there's a paint job for power armor. I did get that. I did. So you can put it on anything you want. But all right. So I guess that's all I had for gameplay. We went kind of off the rails there. Ah, Sorry. Right. Um, now we have, I think, a lot of people's favorite segment, our challenge recap. Yay! And last week's challenge was kill a Mirelurk queen with a pole hook. So okay, what do we got going on here? Oh, that one is from. He's sporting the marine recon armor. Oh, that's Gerfuffles, who uh, came up with the challenge, actually. And he named his pull hook Ahab's Revenge, which I appreciated. Oh, that's cool. I get that one. And that one is, of course, very far from the other one in the notes. That's Amanda's. <laughs> she said, it's my thing in survival. I've even done it with a knife. Oh, my so. gosh. She's tough, taking on these these big creatures with melee weapons. I love her character's gray hair. I think it looks pretty pretty fabulous. Yeah, I thought she had like a hat on top of a hood. I was confused for a second, but uh, I, I do like her character. She's got granny hair. Looks yeah. very cool. Oh man! Anonymous Anubis says, "Me and my boy Deacon, just a couple one-two hookers." <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, I know where they're at. They're at the at the quarry. Um, that is an awesome freaking outfit. Whose outfit is that? I don't know. Maybe it's a mod. Because it's got a pistol holster, it looks like, right on the side. That's cool. He's got the gas mask, and there's Deacon back there. Yeah, shirtless. it looks a little bit like a black version of the Maxon coat. A little bit, yeah. And then there's Deacon back there looking all BA. Man, that's cool. Deacon is so good. I love Deacon. Hey, some damage. That one is Paul Roberts. He said, posing with my prize. He's wearing that Vim armor we were just talking about. And he's missing an arm because I guess it got damaged. Oh, geez. I didn't even notice that. Yep. Yeah. R.I.P. Paul's arm. (laughs) That one's mine. Me and Longfellow. I did the captain's dance with my pole hook. And you did it on a legendary Myler Queen. I did. It was fun. It was that this challenge was not as hard as I expected it to be, to be perfectly honest. Of course, that said, this is like a level 75 character with ballistic weave on her mm-hmm. Adam Katz outfit and ballistic weave on her hat. So <laughs> I like how you ballistic weaved that hat. This mm-hmm. should protect my face. <laughs> ballistic weave everything, like Ballistic weave everything. You know, that's the what the <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I loved this screenshot so much. This one's from T Rocket, who is posed next to his felled Mirelert queen. 
wearing the red dress and a uh, lobster trap on his head. This is very Bioshock like. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. You're monster. totally right. That's totally right. Awesome looking. I love Absolutely that outfit. Absolutely looks like a splicer. It does. It's a gorgeous outfit. I love it. And we're back to the beginning. So yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, Thanks everybody. Yeah, thank cool. you so much. I wish you could ballistic weave the marine wetsuit. You cannot. And I I get why they didn't because it'd be super OP because the armor is so good. But I just want to run around in the wetsuit and I want to ballistic weave the dang thing. So maybe a mod. I can hope for a mod. Can wish for a mod. So we have a challenge for you next week. And Shaleen, do you want to issue you, you want to issue this one? I do. I found this in the emails when I was looking for emails for the show. It is a screenshot of the chat room from months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, uh, okay, I'm just going to read this. Um, Vendertron says, can we have a super friends challenge? Take a family photo of all your companions in rad outfits. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like a great challenge. Let's do that. So next week, super friends. Take a family photo of your companions. Dress them up pretty for the picture. That's going to be funny now that we have a ton of other uh, uni- uniforms, another out- a ton of outfits to pick, and, and, mm-hmm. and some are crazy. So that's going to be really cool. So, yeah, remember to use the hashtag, hashtag FOTR challenge when you send us your screenshots. So that way we can find them and put them on the episode now if you want your images to be featured on our episode please get them to us before next friday because the day of we're compiling the episode and we've kind of thursday is the best uh if you get them by like thursday afternoon yeah you're the most likely to get them in because because shaleen is the one who writes these episodes so she would like them then so yeah awesome and we also have a pip board update the atomic command record was broken again the previous leader was at UO Forever with 44,490, but now Nate Schick owns it with 52,075 points. And remember, you can submit a screenshot of your high score of any score-based Pip-Boy games using hashtag Pitboard. So let's go ahead and get on to the lore. And since you wrote this, do you want to take that and I'll take the, the gun? Sure. So our uh, our lore for today we uh, is the post-war world. This is part one of the post-war Fallout world. We did some pre-war history of the Fallout world, as well as a segment on the Great War very early in the run of the show. And this is sort of a follow-up to that in the form of post-war Fallout history. And we will be following this up eventually with segments focusing on the different factions of the post-war wasteland, like the Brotherhood of Steel, the Enclave, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. And this is just kind of an overview. We'll be glossing over a lot, uh, but we will probably revisit some of these topics in more depth later on. Awesome. In late January... Okay, 2078 is the year after the Great War. In late uh, January, radiation levels became low enough to allow for short-term exposure to the elements. And on April the 23rd, after the 180-day mandatory shelter period for Vault 111... Support and security staff began to chafe at their confinement and short rations and began to plan a mutiny against the overseer. The dwellers of Vault 87 are exposed to FEV by the overseer, following the plan laid out by Vault Tech. Those who survive become super mutants and centaurs. It's at this time that Little Lamplight is also officially founded. Jason Grant, a 10-year-old who took charge, 
when the last adult left to search for help is unanimously elected the mayor. In 2079, the Puppet Man leaves Vault 77. I love that the Puppet Man is canon. In 2080, effects of radiation begin to show in survivors of the apocalypse. Mutations occur in both humans and animals, so new species are formed. In 2081, the Skynet AI became self-aware. And the Skynet is actually a robo-brain that can become your companion in Fallout 2. They really called it Skynet. They really called it Skynet. Man. Yeah. In 2085, this was five years after the Great War, uh, a little more than five years, actually. Radiation levels are still too high for humans to survive outside for extended periods of time. In 2083, the city of Necropolis is founded by the ghoulified survivors of Vault 12 and the citizens of Bakersfield above the vault. Nine months later, Set takes control of Necropolis, ousting the original Vault 12 overseer. He's a tool of the master, keeping the ghouls of Necropolis on a short leash. In 2090, Vault 29, in which young children were raised by an AI, opens and Harold emerges to make his way as a traitor. <laughs> in 2091, Vault 8 opens and they use a geck to create a fertile area where residents found Vault City. This is one of the very few vault success stories. In 2092, the LA vault opens and the Boneyard is founded in the ruins of old Los Angeles. The Boneyard will become an important part of New California, hosting factions like the Gunrunners, the Regulators, Followers of the Apocalypse, and the Blades. Huh. In 2093, the hub is founded by a man named Angus. This massive trade center began as a dirty camp in a desert oasis and the hub becomes home to a large community of traders. Caravans organized here travel all over. Shady Sands, Junk Town, the Mojave, even as far as the Boneyard. It's also a core state of the NCR. Representatives of the hub have a major say in the affairs of the New California Republic. In 2096, Harold becomes the caravan boss in the hub. His caravans suffer attacks, but overall he prospers. Harold like the mutant Harold? Yes. Wow. Harold the tree. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Harold the tree. Wow. It's been a while since I did that story. Oh, yeah. Harold's a special, special guy. Man, he's been through a lot. In February of 2096, the residents of Vault 22 leave due to mutated spores infecting most of the dwellers. About 120 of the Vault 22 survivors leave the Mojave and travel to Zion Canyon. Many of them are effect infected with the spores, and they kill the survivors, many of the survivors that are already living in Zion. They capture and begin to cannibalize the residents of Zion, until they are single-handedly turned away by the ambush attacks of Randall Clark, whom the Sorrows would later deify. And the mm. Sorrows are the, uh, the descendants of the original inhabitants of Zion there. In 2097, 200 people leave overcrowded Vault 15. These people, led by Jonathan Faust, will become the raider gang, the Vipers, after Faust has snake-induced hallucinations. While I was writing these notes, this is just a side note and aside. while I was writing these notes, I kept thinking, man, just this one thing would be a, could be a whole topic, and it's just one line in the history of Fallout. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Back to it. <laughs> in 2101, 
The Vault City Overseer retires, and the Council of Citizens is established. They appoint the first citizen. In 2102, in May, Harold's caravans are harried by mutant attacks. He leads an expedition to find the source. He unites with a man named Gray, who was formerly a man named Moreau, who was exiled from Vault 8 for murder. A month later, Harold and Gray's expedition finds Mariposa military base. They are beaten and separated by the mutant inhabitants. Gray is knocked into a vat of FEV. Harold is knocked unconscious and awakes outside in the wasteland. Four days later, Harold begins to mutate. He is found by traitors and returned to the hub. His former partners and employees abandon him, horrified by the changes taking place in his body. In July, Richard, this is months later, mind you, in July, Richard Gray crawls from the FEV vat in terrible pain. He can barely think, but begins to keep an audio log of his condition as he fades in and out of consciousness. Over several months, Gray begins to acclimate. He exposes animals to FEV as experiments, and he would later become the master, hmm. who is, of course, the antagonist of Fallout 1. He continues his experiments, but they're flawed due to the radiation already present in the subject's bodies. By 2103, he discovers the connection between radiation in his subjects and begins to choose more carefully. The first super mutants are born, and he begins to build an army. And that's where we're going to leave it for today. We'll uh, pick it up next week. Awesome, yeah. We decided that we would really like to, to see the timeline between you know what happened after the war and to where we are now. So that's really cool. There's so much. There's so much packed into this just little bit. Um, was any of this taken from Van Buren by any chance? Or was this all from the quote-unquote Bible? No. Um, I don't think uh, much of this came from the Bible. Um, some of the Bible is actually not canon. Quite a bit of the Bible. Oh, really? I know, because I know a lot that was in Van Buren wasn't canon. Which, if you guys... Yeah. I think we went over Van Buren roughly. but We did. I tried to stick to mostly stuff that was canon. Cool. I left out a lot. The Van Buren story and history is awesome. I love that. And uh, I wish it was canon, but it is not. But we do have a weapon of the week that we do have. And that is that gun. Now, that gun, yes, that gun, is a unique weapon found in Fallout New Vegas. It's a modded .223 caliber pistol like the ones found in Fallout and Fallout 2. It weighs approximately five pounds and has a motorized cylinder and crane for quicker shooting and reloading. The green light on the left side turns yellow when it's reloading and turns green again and makes a ringing noise when it is fully reloaded. The gun uh, can use armor-piercing rounds. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it can also use 5.56 rounds um, because it's pretty much the same caliber. Um, it's the least expensive named gun for sale in Fallout New Vegas. Along with Lucky, it has the second highest critical hit chance after the Silence 22 pistol. And that gun is found in Novak in the Dino Bite gift shop and can be purchased from Cliff Briscoe or stolen from the shelf in the storage room behind him. I stole it. Uh, if you attempt to steal that gun and you're caught, you cannot buy it or steal it again. So you lose out on that gun. It counts towards a number of challenges, including Vault 13's Revenge when used against super mutants and Benefit or Hazard when used against robots. According to the New Vegas director, Josh Sawyer, the name is derived from the fact that players referred to the .223 pistol as that gun in Fallout and Fallout 2. Like the standard .223 pistol, that gun is modeled on the pistol used by Deckard, the main character in Blade Runner. 
And if you're interested at all, Adam Savage from the Mythbusters has a very, very, very awesome replica of that gun or the gun from or that gun from Blade Runner. I, I love the modeling of that gun. It it is I loved the gun in Blade Runner and I was super excited the fact that it was in New Vegas and I used it a ton. It is a beautiful gun. Super powerful, especially when you start leveling up your guns. But yeah, if you guys haven't used it, use it. It's a lot of fun. Have you have you ever used that gun? Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite guns in New Vegas. I always play as a good character in New Vegas. I, I don't think I've ever been just straight up evil in New Vegas. Mm-hmm. But I always steal that gun out of the storeroom every time. <laughs> every single time. The Fallout universe is funny. When we make these moral decisions where they affect lives directly, most of us choose the good choice. Yeah. But then we're like, well, that person's got something I want. I'm just going to steal it. Yeah, that's one of those <laughs> cases where I don't want to let, you know... Stand in the way of, of my fun. I don't want to let, I guess, morality, pesky <laughs> morality, stand in the way of the fun I'm going to have with this game that I bought, you know? It is it is very funny. When it comes to directly affecting our story and the lives of other NPCs, we're just like, we're going to choose the right thing to do. But I'm going to steal his mugs. <laughs> I just, I love that juxtaposition. But uh, we do have a few emails to get to, and I'll take the first one. Well, this is the second time I've emailed in, and I just wanted to tell you guys that I really enjoy the podcast, and I always look forward to I always look forward to it. I was listening to episode 40, and I heard Rick say in the background, sign, warning, toxic materials. Rick, well, let's go inside. And I don't know why that made me laugh so much. I don't even remember saying it, but it did. Also, I have a couple questions to close this out. What vault do you think was the worst with the vault experiments? I think it was vault 56, the one with all the entertainment tapes except for the really bad ones. It's horrible. And for the second one, do you think Bethesda or Obsidian will make another Fallout New Vegas like an in-between game? Where would the location be? Well, anyway, I'm going to close this email out now. Bye. Keep up the great work. And oh, Rick, meow. Nathan Heal. Well, I want to take and say apparently he's forgetting. I think it was Vault 69. That was one woman and all men. Yeah. I think that that one would be the absolute worst vault. Mm-hmm. Uh, of all of them. And I don't think Obsidian would... Be, I mean, Bethesda definitely would make an in-between game because they're already working on the next IP. Or not next IP, but they're already working on something else big. And as far as Obsidian's concerned, I, I don't think they'll be making another in-between. Um, I wouldn't mind it so much. I kind of hope maybe in that case that means that there's going to be like nice DLC coming out instead to keep the game's um, momentum but Mm -hmm. i i don't see an in-between game what do you think of these two questions okay to tackle the first question um 87 was pretty bad what's 87 they were they were getting uh dipped in fev (laughs) they were um yeah 87 is the one where you find fox and the whole purpose of that was just to to test fev (laughs) But I also think that the the vault that affected me the most was probably, um, let's see, probably, uh, I just forgot. Um, I don't remember which number it was, but it was in New Vegas. And it was the one where they were having to uh, sacrifice the, the overseer. Right, 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 right. That one uh, really... That story really affected me. 
in that vault. I, I really? felt like that was truly horrible. Yeah. Huh. That one bothered me a lot. So I, yeah, I think that one was pretty bad. Okay. But then of course there's all the vaults with children. There, there was, there was the vault in uh, Fallout oh, Four, right, with the children, and then, and then we just read about the one with Harold, mm-hmm. where they were raising small children. Yeah, it's it's, uh, gosh, it's really hard to to pick the worst thing Vault Tech has done. You guys, that's uh, yeah, bar, yeah, that mm-hmm. it, it is hard to pick, but I'm sticking with my sixty nine. So. Let's see. The second question is about will Bethesda or Obsidian make another in-between game? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I believe I have said before on the show that I don't think Obsidian will, will ever make another Fallout game. And that it seemed to me like Bethesda was sort, ha- sort of uh, pretending New Vegas didn't exist. And I, I didn't mean to indicate that there was any bad blood with that, but it sort of seemed like everybody was acting like um, Fallout 3 was the last Fallout game that we'd had when, it, in truth, New Vegas was a thing that happened. Right. And it was set, it only, it came out after Fallout 3 and was set after Fallout 3. Um, but it did seem like everybody was acting like Fallout 3 was the last one. <laughs> but... Now that we've had a couple of shout-outs to New Vegas in this DLC, that makes me wonder if it might not be a, a bit more possible that that might happen. And I, I still do, I think it's a very small chance, but like Dumb and Dumber, you know, Jim Carrey, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> um, I do remember Josh Sawyer tweeting about a project that Obsidian was working on, and that's kind of what makes me feel like that it's not going to happen. Obsidian I, stays real busy. <laughs> Yeah, but it seemed, do they, I don't know their practices, but anyway, I just, hey, it would be a heck of a surprise and a great yeah. E3 moment for me if it if they announced it. Like, I mean, they would not announce it a year after the game came out, but I would imagine that if an, uh, another Fallout game were to come out in between the seven years uh, hiatus of these games, it would be after the, the, that, it would be after Bethesda comes out and says they're done updating it. it would, yeah. It, I think it would be after that, that someone else would come out and say, hey, we're making... I think we can expect at least one more huge DLC, though. Oh, yeah. I would say three to keep up with their little order. Yeah, thing. I think we'll have another set of three, and one of them will be big. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what comes next. Far Harbor is amazing. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of stuff I missed, so I'll have to, I'll have to go and go back there and check it out. So do you want to take the second email, then? Keep it moving. Sure. On. Cool. Dylan writes... Hey, guys. Oh, oh, and just to note, this is like an email from February. Uh, (laughs) Hey, guys. Last week, Shaleen was talking about using Hancock a lot, which is something I was waiting for because of her drug habit. (laughs) Nice. I'm going to be flagged on, like, government lists now. (laughs) However, I did want to warn her that she needs to be careful with Hancock. As you get to hang out with him, you may begin to think it's a good idea to give the guy a chem or two. Because, like Shaleen, he does all of the drugs. If you like Hancock, I wouldn't recommend doing this because randomly he will utter, One. Last. Trip. And you will look over and he will be slumped over, having overdosed and died. Oh my gosh. This was a shocker to me and I was super upset. But I did think it was a really cool hidden thing that the developers put in the game. I was wondering if you guys have had anything like this or any other cool random events happen. Thanks guys. Love the show. 
Nice. Now, uh, go ahead. I mean, answer. I, mean. I have never overdosed Hancock. I it never occurred to me to actually give him drugs. I assumed he had his own. <laughs> but there are a ton of of random things that happen like this that are just details, and the companions all have such detailed stories and stuff. One thing that's pretty funny that did happen is uh, if you happen to take um, Paladin Dance's uniform from him, like, and you don't even think about it, you know, you're just emptying out his inventory, take all, and you take his uniform, then when it comes time to do the quest, um, I forget what it's called, but the, the quest where you decide his fate with right. Elder Maxon. Mm-hmm. Blind Betrayal, that's, that's what right. it's called. When you do the Blind Betrayal quest, Paladin Dance doesn't have his uniform, and he has taken off his power armor, so he shows up in his tidy whities <laughs> What an indignified so I way did to that die. Quest. I did that quest with Paladin Dance in his shorts. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of distracting. Right, because you kind of you, you kind of have a thing for him, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. No wonder you let him He's live. He's got abs, you know. <laughs> no wonder you let him live, and I put a yeah. bullet in his brain once. Be funny. Um, I hated playing Brotherhood of Steel. That sucked. For me, like it's hard to tell if something's random or not in this game. I mean, as we all know, the the common thread between Bethesda games is a bug or a feature. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard for me to tell what's random or or what isn't. But the thing that comes to mind uh, most recently is just that 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 uh, Vim armor was was absolutely amazing to find. Um, I can't think of anything that was really a shocker to me. Um, I know there's been stuff that's, and I don't keep notes of this stuff. And I and you know. I, Again, I have a very different play style and a, and a different way of playing, but um, yeah, I can't think of anything that really, really stood out other than other than that Vim armor was really cool. So yeah, that's all I got for that email. Um, all right, that was great. <laughs> sorry, I just I can't think of anything. Um, nope, can't think of anything. Uh, so, do you have any announcements? To- uh, no. Um, do you want to mention that this might be a thing? Possibly? Yeah. I, I was um, going to ask you if you heard back and I just... I didn't hear back, okay. but we were planning on doing a little post-show and pre-show for Bethesda's E3 press conference here on this channel. Um, we don't know for sure what the plan is with that, so keep <laughs> an eye on our Twitter and our Facebook and, uh, and the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, so if we do go live with that, you will know and come. Right. Oh, 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 oh. I remember now what I was going to say. The thing that shocked me and surprised me was Red Death. So no spoilers in the chat room. Shalene hasn't seen it yet. So don't spoil it for her. But the Red Death is amazing. Absolutely okay. amazing. So yeah. Uh, yeah, be E3. Uh, I'm looking forward to E3. And yeah, we'll... Me too. You know. I'm so excited. So yeah. I, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully see you before and after Bethesda's E3 conference. Yes. And next week on Katie Radio, we will be doing our E3 predictions and wishes. So you should send yours in so that we can talk about yours as well. You can send those to kdrcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and I was surprised at the number of games that are actually being confirmed there this year. So <laughs> there might not be much speculation left after, after once we get through all that list. So, yeah. But until then, you can tweet at us. At Fallout OTR on Twitter. And you can tweet at me at Rick McVick and you can tweet at Shaleen at Shaleen 
S-H-A-L-I-N-E-L as well. You can like us on Facebook and join our Facebook group, keyword Fallout Off the Record, and you can email us at falloutotr at gmail.com. Like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork. Um, Let's Play videos are going up daily there. Uh, Magic um, and Doom and Soma and Layers of Fear. You can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Please leave us a review. We really enjoy it. We have a couple of five-star reviewer shout-outs this week. Team Penske, Camaro Z28 1999. I wonder what year his car is. And Monkeys, uh, wait, uh, Monkiness from the UK. We record live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork slash live. And while you're here, check out the other great QGN shows streaming on live on YouTube, such as KD Radio, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, with a new episode coming up soon, and Dancing with Daggers, which comes on later this evening. Thank you so much for listening, and Shaleen, what is your last word for this evening? Outstanding, soldier. <laughs>